cloud town, singing to that highway song. Got a little night smile, the kind of drives you out. Nothing like playing with fire, brings boy to life. Be way to fuse your life, be good your dynamite. Following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, fourteen minutes and twenty seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning for this August the 9th, 2023. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase at SeatGeek.com today and help support the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and all its shows. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com to check out all their great uh, articles and on all sports that are going on out there right now and uh, all the great podcasts out there according to the corner booth podcast and the uh craft brood sports which i'm going to catch up later on today i've been on the uh been on the highway a little bit for the last week so i haven't been able to uh get the show out to you guys on a daily basis i was out in haver montana uh for those of you who know me i was umpiring the northwest class a regional baseball tournament down there in haver had a great time down there so that but the uh, schedule we're going to try to get it back right get it going uh start tomorrow night back with dave and get the 1420 sports board podcast back on on its regular uh, times on mondays and Thursday nights and then get it out to your guys' ears. Thank you very much for those of you who've been listening to the show while we've been away in our brief hiatus. Well, a lot has happened in the world of sports since I've been uh, been off the air and not getting the broadcast and my thoughts and shots about the uh, what's been going on in the world of sports since last, I think it was last Wednesday where I recorded one of these things, or maybe it was Thursday. I can't much remember. It doesn't much matter. Uh, lots been going on in the world of sports. Some some things that really caught my my eyeballs a lot, and one of them was the uh, basically the last nail in the coffin for the Pac-12 conference, uh, conference that's near and dear to my heart since I'm out here on the uh, the west-ish coast, I guess. And uh, the USC Trojans are my uh, my uh, college football team, and actually the only football team that I actually follow since you guys know my my thoughts about the uh, the NFL and everything else. But the the Pac-12 conference has basically called it good. With the uh, the Washington and Oregon decided to leave, as as well as uh, Arizona State, Arizona uh, coach Prime and his uh, California Buffaloes are going to be jo- are leaving, as well as the Oregon Oregon Ducks and the, the Washington Huskies are going to the to the uh, joining the Big Ten. It was a sad day, I think, for a once proud uh, conference of champions. It's called, and we all know it's about money. We all know what what the deals are in the Big Ten Network and everything that goes goes along with college sports and how the uh, the rich just keep getting richer. But it's sad to see the the once proud conference of the of the Pac-12 gone and sa- and saying see you later bye bye and uh, going the way of the dodo bird uh, leaving a few teams still in the in the lurch what they're going to be doing with Oregon State Washington State, Cal, and the like. So you wonder what's going to happen there. And it's really a strange situation that they got going on there with the Pac-12. Um, it's an odd situation going on there. Uh, how it's all going to work out? But right now you have you have uh, you have Oregon. 
um, Oregon, USC, UCLA, uh, and uh, joining the Big Ten next year. Uh, so that's going to be a, a situation. Who knows what's going to happen there? And then you have uh, to, to make it a big it's a 16-team super conference now. The Big Ten is going to be. So the math isn't isn't really there very, very well. Who knows what's going to happen there? And then you have the, uh, the Arizona and, and the like joining the, the Big 12 to have a big 18 or 16. I can't even remember. The math's going all right. And we all know that college, uh, college sports and college uh, academics with with the athletics uh, isn't all about um academics per se so but could, could the higher ups please get the math right on these if you add four to 12 that's 16 and if you add if you add six to 12 that's 18 and so that's just how math works so it's why it's the big 10 still i have no idea i understand that the athletes they aren't they aren't pushed academically a whole bunch but could the higher ups please get this right and have it going uh, what i think should happen with the big 10 i think this one is pretty uh, it's a mind-blowing thought that i was having just as i i was reading about the the, the pac-12 disbanding and i I had this mind-blowing thought that came into my head that I don't know how it uh, it, got, it, did, it got past the higher ups in the in the, the Big Ten world and the Pac-12 world, but I thought since you have the you have uh, USC, UCLA, and Oregon already joining uh, and Washington, why wouldn't you just get Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford to join the Big Ten as well, and then do something as crazy as thinking why don't we get have a like a Big Ten West? or a Big Ten Pacific Conference. Okay, let's call it that, the Big Ten Pacific, and then you have the Big Ten East, whatever you want to call it. I know it's mind-blowing. It's, it's unbelievable. We'll have those two divisions in your conference and then have a few inter, inter, intra-division games where you would have, say, Ohio State play UCLA and USC one year, and then you would have Michigan play Oregon and uh, Oregon State one year and on and on it goes and then have Stanford play against Northwestern or then you would have Cal play and on and on that would go have some intra-division games and then you would still have some crazy thing called the Pac-12 big or the, the Pacific division of the of the Big Ten. So you would still have, you would have USC playing UCLA. You would still have the USC Stanford game. Then USC would still have their one game against Notre Dame that they play every year because that one's not going away because of the big TV dollars. So you have these two divisions inside the Big Ten, one on the Pacific, one on the East. Pretty simple stuff, not hard to follow. Then to, to blow everyone's mind in January, what you would do, because the weather's a little nicer in California. It's more of a destination spot in January than, than Indianapolis, Indiana is. Have the Big Ten Conference game, Conference Championship game in this in this sunny lo- location called, called Pasadena, California. Do it around like 4 o'clock Eastern or 4, no, 4 o'clock um Mountain Standard Standard Time, three o'clock uh, Pacific Time, which is which is six o'clock <coughs> Eastern Time. Have this game and call it the Big Ten Championship Game at the Rose Bowl. So then you have these two factions who are playing each other that would would decide the Big Ten Championship. It's a crazy idea and a crazy thought. I understand that. So then you have like the, the Pacific Conference playing the Eastern Conference in this thing called the Rose Bowl or the Big Ten Championship at the Rose Bowl. The same thing that it is now. Just leave it. Just do it the same way it was for 100 years before conference realignment, big and the uh, the, the conference championships and, and the playoffs, and on and on it goes. Have that, and then you have your Big, Ten Con- your, your, your Big Ten Conference champion, and you're actually going back in reverse to how it was when it was great 
Big Ten playing the, the Pac-12 in, in the Rose Bowl every New Year's Day. So just do the exact same thing you were doing 10 years ago. Swallow up four, those four other teams that I mentioned and find two more. Take Boise or, or Fresno State or whoever. What, what, find two more teams on the West Coast because I don't think the Arizona's, Arizona State's Colorado, I don't think that they, they, they belong in a super conference. They, they can go to the Big 12 and, and, and it's, it's more regional that way. But you have a Big Big 10 Pacific and you have a Big 10 East and then it's done. And then they play on New Year's Day in, in the in the Rose Bowl like they had been doing for 100 years prior to this. I know it's a, a crazy idea and a crazy thought that came out of 1420 World Headquarters, but that's what they should do. That's a very simple solution, and I cannot believe that the higher-ups in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 haven't thought of this because this can't be a Brent original. If it is, I want to get paid for this idea. It's absolutely asinine to me that they they can't see the forest through the trees on this situation that's one thing that happened in the world of sports this week another thing that uh, kind of came across the airwaves was uh aaron boone went on his little uh, it always comes back to the yankees a little bit but this is more not a, a, a yankee thing as much well he managed the yankees but aaron aaron boone went on his uh his uh, once a year diatribe or once a year temper tantrum for to an umpire where it's the uh, savages in the box and ball, this is a ball this is a strike and the other night uh, last diaz was the focus of his attention diaz was having a rough night behind the plate and uh, boone didn't like it. it took him to the eighth inning to show some emotion his players were getting screwed the entire game but it took aaron boone to the eighth to go in and uh, confront Mr. Diaz about his strike zone. And like, I'm not a guy to, because uh, I'm an umpire, so I'm not a, not a guy to, uh, obviously, to amateur umpires, having coaches, managers, players, uh, throw a temper tantrum to um, to uh, umpires. But at the professional level, I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I like the passion that, that managers show. I just wish Boone would show it a little bit earlier. Maybe if, if he, his passion got uh, put on Giancarlo Stanton last Saturday when Stanton was pretending to run home on that double when he was at second base, he probably should have scored. I would have scored on that play, but whatever. Uh, but boom showed us some great emotion, great, uh, great uh, entertainment to say the least. He uh, drew the line in, uh, in the dirt, was behind the mound on his hands and knees, and then he came up and did a, a perfect, like what, what I think is a is a, was a perfect Las Diaz impersonation. Uh, that was uh, the, the mechanics were great, Las Diaz ish. I thought it was fantastic. I just wish that Boone uh, would show that emotion more often. Whether he's allowed to show that kind of emotion on a, on a daily basis, he'll probably get suspended and the like, and everything's going to happen. But I don't, I don't think that uh, Boone was in the wrong. I, I kind of miss those days. Of baseball, when you'd have arguments before instant replay, and you're going to see less and less arguments from from managers once they go to the uh, the uh, uh, automated uh, strike zone in Major League Baseball. It's kind of it's good to see, and because it was Aaron Boone, it's a Yankee centric thing. But when any manager goes off on an umpire like that and adds some umpire and adds some flair to the game that uh, can add entertainment, and everything else, I think that was it was a really really good thing for uh, baseball, and it was entertaining. There's no there's no getting around that. That uh, it was something to see, and if you if you haven't checked out. Uh, uh, maybe I'll find it. I'll, I'll, I'll piece something together. The last Diaz uh, strike three mechanics compared to the Aaron Boone strike three mechanic. It was uh, one in the same. So it's was, it was fun to watch. I just hope the Yankees can find a little bit of emotion out of that. I think that they're they're dead in the water. They're not going anywhere fast. There's a lot of other things going on in, in, in Yankee land that they're dead in the water. But maybe we'll do that on Friday with the uh, State of the Union address with Yankee. Or maybe I'll see if I can get a hold of the fan of the van, Jim Plotner. We'll do something on, on Saturday. We'll uh, get to talking about the uh, the Yankees at this point in the season. With about 40, 45 games left is all, all this left in the season. But anyways, uh, another thing that happened over the weekend that, that, I, that I found really entertaining, I, I think a lot of people did, uh, 
Chicago White Sox uh, shortstop Tim Anderson, he got himself a uh, punch in the face, got locked stupider or more stupid, got knocked in the face. And like I said, I don't know, is it stupider or more stupid? I don't know. But Tim Anderson, he got one from Ramirez. I think it was was warranted 100%. Uh, He was uh, being a bit of a dickhead, standing over top of Ramirez at second base uh, on a pick attempt. I think it was or a steal, whatever it might be. And then Anderson flicked his hat and then then the fight ensued. And then he uh, threw a couple punches. But Ramirez, which was shocking to me that it was took – it took Ramirez to get the guy because he seems like a pretty even keel guy. He said he, he, he kind of recanted it today a little bit with an apology to Anderson. But when Ramirez clocked him and punched him, I think it was uh, it, it showed exactly what kind of guy Anderson is. He's been suspended three or four other times. And he, he says some pretty disparaging things all the time out there in Chicago. And he's a he's probably the, one of the bigger nozzles in all of a professional sports, not just in baseball. He's kind of an idiot and everything else. There's problems in Chicagoland. It uh, doesn't, isn't getting any, any better there. It's kind of a rid- ridiculous situation there was a relief pitcher who said that they have no culture there in uh, and no rules in Chicago maybe that's why they're in last place I think in that division if not last they'll be uh, awfully awfully close it's 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 sorry to see that the, the way they, that once proud franchise has got but uh re- Anderson, he got what he deserved. He got punched in the face, and that was one of those things. You, you kind of saw it coming. And Ramirez, like I said, he was probably probably seems to be one of the nicer guys in all of baseball. And the, the thing about this suspension, like the, the Cleveland Guardians, I got it right, guys. The Cleveland Guardians are, are in a playoff hunt right now. So this three games might come up as a uh, big thing because, as we know, Ramirez is by far their best player there in Cleveland. And you wonder what this is going to happen with the uh, – with the Guardians playoff spot, I know it's just one guy for three games, but it can become a situation where he's not going to be around for three games. It might be pivotal because uh, uh, at this point, every every win matters. Like 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 those wins in April, every game matters. And winning every game, and you don't have your best player, it makes it a little bit tough. That one spot in the lineup, a base hit, a base hit here, a base hit here, hit there, can matter. Or a defensive play when you're playing a, a guy that you don't know what you're getting. And with Anderson being out of the lineup, I don't think the Chicago uh, White Sox care a whole bunch. Yeah, they played without him before. He said doesn't seem to care if he plays or not. And the White Sox are a, a team of disarray. So having him sit out six games, he'll he'll appeal it and he'll get it any he'll get it anyways. But it's one of those things. I don't think it's a bad thing that he's out of the uh, out, out of the game at all. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt the, the White Sox. The White Sox are, are an embarrassment to baseball. That's kind of one of those things that you, you you watch in the world of sports that was going on. And then the, the last one that, that, that kind of caught my eye, I think, was on on Sunday or whatever it was when the um, the White Sox or the Baltimore Orioles announcer uh, Kevin Brown he got suspended by by the Orioles because now the Orioles are going to Oriole no matter what. I'm not going to get too deeply into this because a uh, friend of the show Jim Plotner, the fan of the van, he had a great a great take on on one of his shows this week. I think it was on uh, Tuesday he put that out. I, I got lost in days there, but Jim had a great take on uh, basically on, on announcers and not a freedom of speech and everything else. We're not it's not a political thing by any means, but how announcers should be able to say what they want about their team. And the thing about th- this thing, and I'll get off the uh, I'll get off this little this subject right uh, right right in a second here about Kevin Brown is that not only like he yes it might have been his idea to talk about it I don't know I haven't read up a whole bunch on it but he has a producer that has to um, approve of what they're going to say because the producer has to go to the graphics guy and the script has to be written and on and on it goes so Kevin Brown was just the, the voice of this whole situation he wasn't the one who came he might have come up with the idea but it, it takes a whole group of people to put things together uh, this isn't 1420 World Headquarters where I do all these for myself in the mornings the graphics everything else uh, it's other people have to be involved in, in the uh, production of of, the, of these baseball games on a daily basis. So for Kevin Gra- uh, Brown to be the scapegoat for this whole this whole thing, and then to be just, it, he wasn't saying anything derogatory. He just said that the the, the, the the Tampa Bay Rays kind of own the Baltimore Orioles, and the Orioles lost the game last night. On and on it goes. But for him to be suspended 
And the crowd was uh, getting on to people last night. And for the crowd to uh, to do that was really nice for them to get me behind Kevin Brown. But it's just a thing like Jim Jim explains a lot better than I did. Well, he goes into more detail than I did. But it's just a, it's a shitty way for a, a baseball team to handle their uh, their broadcast crew and the way it goes. It just shows that we're all pawns in this great big game for the for the money guys. And for him to be because uh, it's not people are going to going to watch Orioles baseball because they're hot right now. See, they can really do do no wrong. The place was pretty full last night. I'm sure te- television ratings are up. So for Peter. Angelos to to suspend this guy it was bad timing obviously but it uh, it's just a bad look for censorship I guess and we don't want to get political and all and freedom of speech and the First Amendment blah 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 all that stuff but it was just a a, a bad look for uh, for for the Orioles who can't seem to get out of their own way off the field the off the field stuff is kind of overshadowing the on field stuff a little bit so it's kind of odd that they would uh, even go, go there with that and talk about things that way so it's just a bad look for the Orioles but uh, anyways it's been a, a, a great week of sports that I was. Uh, not able to watch a whole bunch, but there were some highlights that I thought I would I would bring up, give you my take on some of the things that carried on in the world of sports on this day, on this uh, August the 9th, 2023, when we get to birth or, or on this day and birthdays here, it's kind of a, a funny day, and I got a little funny story to talk about. But remember our uh, 1420 uh, Sports Bar podcast, part of the Belly Up Media Network, and remember to go to bellyupsports.com, and also make sure you support our sponsor, because they support us at SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek today. Uh, here's a little word from our sponsors at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the ticketing app for fans like Boomstick Lady. No free throw is safe from the roar of her sticks. SeatGeek helps her find a seat in the direct eye line of the shooter so she can sit where her boomsticks make the biggest boom. <laughs> Everybody okay? SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. All right, on this day, I remember this one vividly. If you're of my age or or a little bit younger, but my age or older, everybody knows where. If you're especially if you're Canadian, uh, everybody knows on this day in 1988, uh, the Edmonton Oilers traded the great one Wayne Gretzky, the Los Angeles King, for a package of players uh, and 15 to 20 million dollars in cash. Uh, Peter Pockland had some uh, failing businesses up here in Alberta. Gainers was one of them. Gainers Meats was one, and a bunch of underhanded deals that didn't go so good. So it was Gretzky, uh, Mike Krosinski, and Martin. McSorty going to LA and going back to Edmonton. Jimmy Carson, Martin Jelena, uh, three draft first overall draft picks, a bunch of cash, 15, 20 million dollars, and on it goes. But it was one of those things you, you remember exactly where you were that day. It's one of those things that people know no matter what. I was in Windsor, Ontario at the Canadian Little League Championships, uh, swimming in a pool, and the uh the coach for the Windsor Little League team, he came by. He says, How do you Alberta boys feel about, about Gretzky getting traded? And I was uh 14 years old, I think it was 13 or 14, and I uh, told the uh, coach to F off and I was uh, my mom was quite shocked that something would come out of her little boy's mouth talking about Wayne Gretzky getting traded when I was uh, 14 years old and I uh, yeah it was one of those things I remember exactly where it was exact reaction I was not an Oilers fan back then but you see Gretzky getting traded in the press conference that happened and on it went it was quite the day and there was a lot of people to blame for it but Pockington was behind it McNall had some deep pockets that was also crooked dealings and everybody was, was blaming Gretzky's wife at that point or who, they just got married a few a few weeks earlier and only about four months after the order or three months after the order won the Stanley Cup. 
And so people were, were blaming Janet Jones for the breakup and the, the, the trade because she wanted to be in L.A. and not Edmonton. None of that couldn't be further from the truth. It was just one of those deals that Gretzky got traded for money, and and, and so it goes. Gretzky has changed the, the landscape of hockey. There's no getting around that. It, it, the, the, uh, the, the, the growth of hockey in southern United States would not have happened without that trade in 1988. And like I said, it was one of those every Canadian knows where they were this day uh, in 19, if, if you were alive in 1988. It's one of those uh, you, you know exactly where you were moments. So this, so this day in sports history, the biggest uh, trade in hockey history was was made. Maybe the biggest trade in sports history. I, I can't think of anyone that would that would be any bigger. Maybe if uh, the Tom Brady trade and everything else, maybe. But it wasn't even a trade. He he just resigned somewhere else. So uh, for Gretzky to get traded, the, the greatest hockey player to ever play the game, not not the best. That's Connor McDavid. But the greatest hockey player to ever play the game uh, was traded on this day. And it's one of those things. I don't know if it would ever happen. I mean, LeBron gets traded here and there and everywhere. Signs here, there, and everywhere. So that's not really surprised but for a, a hockey deal with cash to be involved on this day it was uh, something to behold and you wonder if it would ever ever happen again like with no trade deals i'm sure gretzky had a no trade because he he had the chance to uh to say no to it but he said you know you know you know what maybe it's time to go you want me gone let's make it go and the, the, the very first 30 for 30 is actually about the gretzky trade which is kind of odd considering espn isn't really a, a hockey network by any means and their their very first uh, uh, 30 for 30 was on the gretzky trade and it's a very it's a very great watch if you haven't watched that one yet and on this this day in uh, 1964, Brett Hall was born in Belleville, Ontario. Hall was drafted in the 1984 NHL entry draft after scoring 105 goals and adding 83 assists for the Penticton Knights of the British Columbia Junior Hockey League, drafted by the Flames. Hall was traded to St. Louis during the 87-88 season to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, his career took off from that point on with uh, Adam Oates on his, uh, on his, by his side. He potted 86 goals in the 1990-91 season, one of the all-time greats. Hall finished his his NHL career with 741 goals, 650 assists for 1,391 points with a whopping plus 23. You got to think with 741 goals, you have a better plus minus and plus 23, but one of those things. Anyways, remember two Stanley Cup championship teams, 99 in Dallas, the crease goal. If everybody remembers that year was the crease was the uh, the thing at toe in the crease. Hasek overtime celebration started before they go upstairs, but Hall was the one who scored the goal. And then he got one uh, as well in 2002 in Detroit with that, uh, the best team that money could ever buy when teams were, People were calling Detroit to go there and uh, and uh, be on a uh, have a chance to win a championship. So on this day in 1964, Brett Hall was born and he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2009. All one of the all-time greats, one of the all-time characters in uh, sports. You wonder if he actually put the effort in where he, how many goals he would have scored. But man, that guy could shoot the puck. The the golden the golden Brett named after his uh, father, the Golden Jet Bobby Hall. Anyways, born on this day. So yeah, on this day in '83, if you uh, want, if you listen to this show, maybe I'll, I'll put a clip up there right where you were if you can remember on this day in 1988 when Gretzky was traded because it was one of the uh, funnier funnier moments I remember it every year exactly I, every year I remember exactly where it was I probably tell the story every year so now I do it for you guys where I was on this day in 1988 but uh, no thanks for listening to the show thanks for watching if you're watching today on Facebook live or YouTube and everything else but uh, more importantly thanks to our listeners of the podcast that goes out out to the uh, airways uh, all the time listen to some old shows they don't really intertwine at all so it's, it's all di different entertainment and different content 
content on a daily basis. Um, going to get a hold of Jim Plotner, the fan of the van. We'll talk some uh, Yankees baseball maybe on Saturday. Aaron from Bruliana Sports, I want to get his take on the uh, Baltimore Orioles situation and what he thinks, how they're going to go. And his Phillies are doing doing pretty good too. He's got two teams, which is fine because they're in American League and National League. So you can actually, that's allowed. Uh, and we'll talk some baseball in the upcoming days. Back with Dave tomorrow night, Thursday night edition of the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Uh, Jimmy Neutron will get that out for us on Friday. And then we'll get back on a regular schedule of Mondays and Thursdays recording with Dave and everything else. So thank you very much for listening to the show. We appreciate all the support you guys give us. Uh, if you're an umpire, make sure you listen to the uh, the roundtable we had with the guys from down in Montana State. We had a good time down in Haver, Montana, cracking a few beers and uh, talking some baseball. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and 1420 in the morning. Uh, and remember, it doesn't matter where you are, it's who you're with. Have a good good day, folks. We'll talk tomorrow morning. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.